morning. It's so good to be be here to address you. So so glad to be part of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Honor our pastor and our first lady in their absence today. My associate pastors on the the platform with me today. All of our deacons and ministry leaders, our members on this first Sunday, the last month of 2018. We're moving into 2019. And I'll tell you one thing, (coughs) excuse me about it, one thing about 2019 that I do know for sure, there are going to be changes, lots of changes. We are living in a world, and if you have not noticed, that there have been major changes even this last year. We're going to live in a world of change this next year. I'm afraid that most people don't even recognize it. But changes are coming. (coughs) We are at a defining moment in our nation. We are at a defining moment in this world. And a lot of people are asleep. I did a a, um, symposium (coughs) earlier, a couple of months ago, at Southeastern University. And I was invited uh, to be on this panel with the head of uh, our history department. This is a man who's very conservative in his political beliefs. This is a man who studies and knows where this nation is going. This is a man that we, he and I, don't always see eye to eye on everything, but he is a good Christian man, and we love each other, and we respect each other, and he invited me to serve on this symposium (coughs) talking about the divisiveness, <coughs> excuse me, in our nation today. And he made a statement that I could not agree with more. He made the statement that as a nation, we have never been more divided as we are right now at any time in the history of this nation except for right prior to the Civil War. And he sees danger coming. He sees change coming. And he says it is not good. So with that in mind, I want to take up the subject of the faith-to-face change. When we come face to face with change, we have the faith to head into change or we have the faith to shrink from change and hide in fear. So which shall it be? Shall it be the faith to face what's coming and move into it with the faith in God that we have or will it be to cower in fear? How do we faith? the faith, or how do we face the change that we have coming upon us? 
So I'd like today to look at the man who is what we call the father of faith because he faced major changes. Hebrews chapter 11. Chapter in the New Testament is a chapter that lists all the great people of faith in the Old Testament. And this man is right up there near the top. He, of course, is Abraham. And I hope to encourage you that when it comes to changes that we are facing now, that we shall have faith. In the end, people shall look at us and shall look at the church and say, yes, they had faith. They were faithful. So let's look at Abraham and see some lessons that we can pull out and we can apply to ourselves. You see, as I look at Abraham, the first thing I notice is this. By faith, you step out. You step out. You do what Abraham did. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Friends, as we face, as we face the future, obviously we do not know where we are going. But by faith, Abraham stepped out. He stepped out. Hey, a lot of you know Abraham's story. He's living over in the area of, of Babylon, Babylonia. He's living over in the area of Iraq. Okay? And he is being called by God to go to a land he has not been to before. He doesn't know where it is. It's a long ways away. It's the land that we call Canaan. It's the land that we know today as Israel. So going from Iraq over to Israel, you know, to us that we look at it on a map, I mean, it's only that far away in the map in our Bible. It's only that far away. It's really close. You know, it's that far. It's just that far away. It can't be too terribly far. But actually for Abraham, it, it was like asking us to go live on Mars. He'd never been there before. He didn't know. It was a long ways away. He wasn't coming back. He took a step of faith. You realize he had to leave his family. He had to leave his surroundings. He was already an old man. He was already ready to retire. You know, he was living. The, he, had, he had done well in life. He was ready to just like set, settle down. Settle into that easy chair, watch some television, you know. I mean, that was going to be his life. And then God comes along and says, no, no, change is coming your way. I want you to step out. He did not know where he was going. You know, it would have been nice if, if, if God would have just kind of laid it all out for him, right? Okay, here's what you're going to do. Here's where you're going to go. Here's how it's going to be. But God wouldn't do that. He doesn't really do that for us, does he? No. Don't let the fear of the unknown keep you from doing something great. Abraham was being called to do something great, but he didn't know so many details. He didn't know everything. His life didn't come with an agenda at this point. Many times in life, God says, I want you to make this change. I want you to go through this change in your life. 
And we want to say, well, could you just like lay it out for me and tell me where I'm going and what I'm doing? And God says, no, but I'll show you the next step. I'll show you just the next step. So I, I don't know, you know, all the things that are going to be necessary for the changes that are going to come in our lives, even in this next year and the next five years and the next ten years. But faith is about stepping out on that one thing that I do know, and Abraham did that. He's an example of how to do that. Three things from, for, from step on stepping out real quick. You look at the first step and not the whole journey. That's what you do. Because we don't know the whole journey, but we can know the first step. We can know the next step. We can know God is going to lead you step by step into the future. If you look at the whole journey, if Abraham had looked at the whole journey, I'm sure it would have just been overwhelming to him. But God gave him that next step. He says, Abraham, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And Abraham said, all right, we'll do that. We'll do that. So you look at the first step, not the whole journey. Secondly, you, you look at God and not yourself. Abraham could have looked at himself and said, you know what, I'm already kind of old. I don't need to be doing this. I don't need, <coughs> excuse me, I don't need to be moving right now in my life. I mean, I'm settled. I've been here a long time, got my family, got my friends, everything's in place. I don't need to be moving right now. But no, Abraham looked at God, yeah. not himself. You see, if you look at yourself, and Abraham could have, and we can, if you look at yourself, you'll think, change? Why? Why? I mean, nobody likes change. We, we, we don't. We, li we like to be comfortable. And change and comfort, they don't even go together. We like to be comfortable. So you look at the first step, not the whole journey. You look at God, not yourself. And then thirdly, you look at the blessings and not the struggles. Oh, there's going to be struggles. But there will be blessings. We are God's people. We are God's people. Just remind yourself of that. We are God's people. There will be blessings. You look at the good things that are happening and not the struggles. You look at the blessings and not the struggles. There were struggles for Abraham all along the way. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a few moments. But he had to leave where he was. He had to leave most of his stuff behind. He had to leave his family behind. He took some of them with him. He took, he took his nephew Lot. He, he wished on many occasions he, he would have left him behind. He wasn't a good relative to take along by any means. Caused a lot of problems. But he left most of his family behind. He left his friends behind. He left his life behind. And that was hard. But he was doing it because God said, I've got a blessing in store for you. We move forward in life because we know God is there. You see, we don't know the future, but God's in the future. And God's already there. And he's got blessings in store for us. Will there be struggles? Oh, yes. Every time there's a change, it comes with some grief. It comes with some loss in our life. There will be choices to make. 
but you look at the blessings, not the struggles. So yes, you look at the first step not, and not the whole journey. You look at God and not yourself. You look at the blessings and not the struggles. So by faith, you step out. Here's the next thing, though. By faith, you stay. How many of us have begun a good journey and then we've turned back and gone back on it? Abraham didn't do it. By faith, he stepped out and by faith, he stayed. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, living in a tent. And so did Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promise. Abraham did this because he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. By faith, he stepped out. By faith, he stayed. It's one thing to step out. It's a whole nother thing to stay the course. Stay the course. Some people are great at taking that first step. They get real excited about it. And you hear them talking about it. But they don't stay the course. Abraham went to the promised land, and then he stayed in the promised land. Faith is not just about learning how to get to the promised land. Faith is learning how to stay in the promised land. Faith is learning about how to stay there. Abraham moved in. He realized immediately that living in the promised land was not going to be all milk and honey. There were going to be some difficulties. He moved in, and there were two things that immediately caught his attention. Famine was in the land, and the Canaanites were in the land. The Canaanites lived there. They didn't want Abraham moving in. They didn't like it. They didn't want new neighbors moving in and changing things. Can you imagine that? There were two enemies, famine, not enough resources, and Canaanites, too many obstacles. Not enough resources, and too many obstacles could have easily have sent Abraham packing it up and saying, I am out of here, I'm going back home. But he stayed. By faith, he stayed. When God says, I want you to step out, and you step out, you're just, you're just going to face these kinds of problems, not enough resources and too many obstacles. They're always going to be there. And here's what we do. We say, God, I'll step out, but there better not be any problems. <laughs> There's going to be problems, friends. As long as we're living on this planet, there's going to be problems. In heaven, no problems. Here, problems. Just get used to it. When you step out in faith, all you're going to do is you're going to trade one set of problems for another set of problems. But just get used to it. The problems are going to be there. The obstacles are going to be there. There's always going to be times when there's not enough resources. Yeah. 
Oh, you might go through a good time when there is plenty of resources. Oh, but you know, you've lived long enough, you know. That's not always going to be the case. You're always going to be, if you keep stepping out in faith, if you keep moving on, there's always going to be those times when there's not enough resources and there's too many obstacles. Faith means you stay. You're committed. And it also means you have faith while you stay. You, You don't just pack it up in the routine. You don't just get used to the routine because faith means always moving, always changing, always looking for that next step that God has for you and going for it. You know, a couple gets married and they think life's going to be great. Life begins to fall apart and they don't stay. Person has a great dream for a business, starts that business all excited Things begin to fall apart. They give it up. On your own life, you start great with God. You're excited when Christ forgives you. Comes into your life. You start church. It's exciting. And then you figure out church is full of people. And there are obstacles. And there's not enough resources. And you just pack it up and say, nah, it's not for me. No faith stays. So, by faith you step out. By faith you stay. Here's the third one. By faith you succeed. You see what God's doing, what God is up to. You remember, you remember this story from Abraham and Sarah's life? Verse 11 and 12 of Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that Sarah, together with Abraham, was able to have a child, even though they were too old and Sarah was barren. Abraham believed that God would keep his promise. And as a whole nation came from this one man, Abraham, who was too old to have any children, a nation with so many people that like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years to have a son. And when they moved to Canaan, God said, I'm going to give you a family. I'm going to give you a son. And then out of that family, I'm going to create a nation of people. That's my promise to you. And they waited. And they waited. And they waited. And then finally Isaac was born. The son they had been waiting for. By faith they had finally succeeded. My question is how did this faith success come into Abraham and Sarah's life? I I think sometimes we tend to over glamorize how faith works in our lives like there's some kind of faith out there that there's no struggles and no problems and no doubts you have 10 devotion times every day and you put a smile on your face all day long and everything is just roses now because you are succeeding Abraham and Sarah they did not they did not do that 25 years you see they struggled their way to faith 
wasn't automatic. In fact, they had, to, they, they had their own answers they came up with. You know the story. <laughs> you know, they tried this. You know, that's the answer. They tried this. That's the answer. No. Abraham, he's 100 years old when Isaac is born. Sarah is 90 years old. God did this. God had to do this. They named him Isaac, which means laughter. When Sarah, at 89, the year before Isaac was born, heard about this, that she was going to have a baby, she looked and she just laughed. It says she laughed. I wonder if she cried also. She just started laughing. God said, I heard you laughing in your tent. She said, no, I didn't laugh. He goes, yeah, I kind of know most things. You laughed. So they named the child Laughter. First, because it's just funny. I mean, think about it. This old couple having a little baby. I mean, it's, it's funny. He's also named Isaac because it was just hilarious joy. That God, after all that they had waited and all they had tried, and God came through. They finally succeeded. But God did it. So, so you think, well, you know, I mean, that's it. That's it. They stepped out in faith. They stayed in faith. They succeeded in faith. That's the end of the story. You step out, you stay, you succeed. End of the movie, roll the credits. It's a great story. But it wasn't the end. Oh, if they could have just ended it right there. You've got a movie. Boom. Box office hit. Oh, but there was more. The fourth and final point that I want to pull from this is we move into a life of change. By faith, you sacrifice. Look at verse 17 to 19, Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. When God was testing him. Abraham who had received God's promises. Was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Though God had promised him. Isaac is the son. Through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham assumed that if Isaac died. God was able to bring him back to life again. God knew he would never ask Abraham to actually sacrifice his son Isaac. But Abraham didn't know that. Abraham has been building altars all his life to God. Now he builds one to place his only son on. His own son. The one that God promised him the one who was the success for Abraham 
And Abraham was willing to build that altar to sacrifice his son. Basically saying, I don't know how you're going to work this out, God, but it's your problem. You gave me this boy. You told me you'd give me this boy. And now you want to take this boy back? Well, you made a promise to me. Somehow you're going to have to do something about this situation because I am going to continue to do what you ask. I will sacrifice. And it's in your hands now, God. And Abraham reasoned, God can raise him from the dead if that's what it's going to take. Why did God do this? Well, first, he did it. He did it to test the success. Abraham had achieved success, but he wanted to test him. How many times do we have success in our life And then we just want to rest in our success. God does not give you success in life so you can rest in it. God gives you success in life so that then you can sacrifice for others. So you can use that success to impact other people around you. He does not give you success so that you can gloat in your success, so you can rest on your laurels, but rather so you can use your position of success, whatever it might be, to benefit others. He did it to test Abraham. He does it to teach you and me the reality of how God works in our lives. Here's the lesson. God gives you successes so that you can then make them sacrifices. Faith successes. I don't know about how many times we think God gives us success so that we can just coast based on those successes. He gives them not so we can bask in them. He brings successes in my life so I can make a difference through those successes. He does not give you degrees to place on your wall so that you can look at them in the fancy plaques. He gives them so that you have the education so that you can make a difference in other people's lives. He does not give you a high position in your company or in your school so that you can just bask and sit it back in the nice easy chair and say, look what I have done. He gives it so you can make a difference in the lives of other people. He does not give you, he does not give you a big bank account so that you can sit there and you can sit all day and count your money like Scrooge McDuck, but rather he says no so that you can use it to bless other people who need that blessing. That's why we have success in this world. God does not raise anybody to a high position. God does not bless anybody so that they can keep it to themselves. He does it so they can benefit those around them. That's always God's way. It's always Christian's way. It's always the way of Jesus. 
Jesus did not come and bring wholeness and health and healing to people so that they could just go on their way and be whole and healthy. He did it so their lives could be a testimony to the power of God so people could change. Because they heard that testimony. God has not saved you so that you can sit in the pew and say and just soak up good gospel teaching. He saved you so your life and your testimony can be a change to other people and to bless other people. You see, it's not just enough to step out. It's not just enough to stay. It's not just enough to experience the success of God. You have to sacrifice that success for everyone else around you because they need, they need to experience that success for themselves. This world is changing. These are perilous times that is coming on this nation. Change is here and much of it is not good. How should the church respond? How should you respond? How should I respond? We respond in faith. We take the next step that God shows us and we stay in the faith until we experience the success that God has for us, but we don't stop there. Then we use that to make an impact on the people who need it. 